You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or a battery for your trail camera or a specialized battery for your rangefinder or a crazy toy that you bought for your kids, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. Stop into a local Interstate Battery retail store, talk with a specialist, get the battery that you need, and go on about your day. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable this is the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by vortex optics ladies and gentlemen what the hell's going on welcome to the new intro Yet again, of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, my name's Dan Johnson, I'm your host, and today we have a podcast that as I'm talking to today's guest, I'm starting to get more excited about hunting Michigan. Yes, I will say it again, hunting Michigan. I have been thinking about this hunt quite a lot lately. Obviously, I'm, I've been thinking about the, my Iowa bow season because it's right around the corner, 30 days until I leave for South Dakota for my mule deer hunt. But I really have been thinking a lot about my little bow hunting excursion that I'm going to be taking to Michigan. And whether it's negative or positive, I get a little bit more excited and more excited every time somebody reaches out to me to talk about Michigan, public land, private ground, whatever these guys are are sharing with me. It's a new experience and I am getting fired up for it. Now, today's guest, his name's Nate. I don't have his, it's embarrassing, but I don't have his last name in front of me. We, we mention it in the actual episode, but, uh, he's from Michigan. And the reason he reached out to me is because he heard a podcast with another, 
uh, guy from Michigan, and he his experiences are a little bit different than uh, the previous guest that was on to talk about Michigan. He talks about antler uh, point restriction zones. He talks about his experiences in Michigan, and he compares them to other states. He talk about he talks about you know how he kind of. Uh, has, has changed how he hunts Michigan to find success. And uh, from the pictures that the dude sent me, man, he, he seems to be uh, finding success, doing it a, a little bit different uh, way than, I guess, I don't want to say everybody, but than he used to do in the past. And, and after this conversation, man, I instantly <laughs> went to Onyx and I started doing my, my digital scouting. I went to Google Earth and was looking for as detailed of terrain and graphics as I possibly could because, uh, man, that's uh, it's like 45 days out until I head to Michigan to give it a shot. And, dude, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. So that's what today's podcast is about. It's just a, a different uh, view of Michigan. And uh, today's commercial is Lone Wolf Tree Stands. Now, at, when I go to Michigan... I'm going to have a couple lone wolves in the back of the truck with me. Probably pop a couple of them out. Maybe get into a little rotation for a couple days. If I don't see anything, drop it down, go. It is just the ability to be mobile and have the gear be quiet and have the gear be be able to set up in a, a crooked tree, right? Not all trees are straight. And a lot of the hang-ons that are on the market do not allow you to adjust on a crooked tree. Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands do. So if you want to find out more information about Lone Wolf Tree Stands, visit LoneWolfHuntingProducts.com. And they're doing, we're doing a giveaway, right? So we're going to be doing a, a giveaway in, see, I haven't picked the September winner yet, but we're going to here pretty soon. I'm going to give it a couple more days until uh, we get going on that. That's lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers, right? So go to that URL, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers and uh, sign up, right? Name, email address. And what that's going to do is it's going to sign you up to be entered into a giveaway where you can win sticks or a hang-on stand of your choice. And it's going to give you this discount code, which I tell anybody, everybody anyway. Uh, oh, I forgot it. I'm a dumbass. 9FC50. And if you if you spend up to, let's see, 200 bucks, you get $50 off your purchase, right? So that's, you know, based off those numbers, it's 25%. Uh, if you buy a tree, it's going to be like 20%, 15 to 20% off. And it's a really good deal, right? But at the same time, make sure you sign up for that giveaway, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers and enter the information, submit it, and your name's going to be entered to win. So I'll pick another winner uh, here in a couple days, and then I'll pick another winner yet uh, October 1st. So you might just have a lone wolf before the season even starts, depending on where you hunt. So uh, other than that, I think we're going to get right into it. Let's talk about Michigan. Three, two, one. I guess I, <laughs> and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna roll with this because I know your first name is Nate, but yes, 
Roosevelt. Yes, sir. Roosevelt man, nailed yep. it. I, I can read. That's what that, that's what you this got means. It, man. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate Roosevelt. Welcome to the nine finger Chronicles podcast, man. Dude, it's a pleasure to be here and looking forward to doing a little talking about Michigan hunting. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I'm just going to wait until we, after the introduction to introduce how and why you're on today uh, and what topics we're going to discuss, but why don't you kick us off with, obviously you live in Michigan, whereabouts in Michigan do you live and what do you do for a living? All right. I live in Kent City, Michigan, Sparta area. So I am north of Grand Rapids, probably 20 miles approximately. And then I, for a living, I'm a carpenter. Um, work for my father. We have a construction company, so I do a lot of residential framing and siding. So go, go, go all the time. Yeah, I feel you. That's what I feel like, especially when you are in some way, shape, or form your own business, right? Yes. There's no off days is what I'm finding. Yep, I'm self-employed. So even though I do you know, work for my dad technically, there's still lots of behind-the-scenes stuff and you doing little jobs here and there to kind of supplement your day job. And yeah, you can, you can keep yourself busy 24 seven if you're not careful. <laughs> right. Well, and it, even if you didn't own any of that company, uh, you work for your dad, which means it's like your company because it doesn't matter what, you know, I've worked for my dad before, not in a ownership role or really under an official business, but I've worked for my dad before. And it's just like, Hey, go do this. Uh, it is Saturday yep. night at 10 o'clock. Why are you having me do this? Yep, I just unhooked my uh, a trailer from my truck that I tow around today, and I'm home and doing that, moving stuff around. Uh, you don't clock in for that kind of stuff. You Absolutely. Just, those are things you do. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, what's the what's the hunting like in your part of the state? So where I live, um, you know, north of Grand Rapids, the hunting, there's lots of deer, so it's not difficult to uh, go find deer. Um, but the more difficult, I guess, the challenge for me is finding a deer that I would like to go after or uh, shoot. Um, but, you know, you drive around and there's deer all you know, pretty much all over. Um, very rarely do I go and not see anything or, you know, it's not like barren wasteland of no deer that you sometimes hear about um, certain areas. Um, and then I guess I would say probably in the past few years, it's definitely gotten a lot better from the quality of deer. Um, and that just strictly is a, um, byproduct of, you know, good neighbors, I would say, yeah. and people letting bucks go for, yeah. uh, for my area at least. Okay. Let me ask you this question. All right. Michigan, New York, and Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken, have the highest population of hunters in the United States. I'm not sure which order it's in, but my, my question is, is every person I talk to out of Michigan says Michigan has a ton of deer to hunt. Like the, the, the population is healthy there to where you can go out and you can shoot a deer if you really want to. But it sounds to me like those people are only focused on antlers And the reason I come up with this hypothesis is because every, you know, with a, with a very high population, you should at some point get a mature buck, you know, like mature deer should make it through. If you have a high, 
you know, unless does are just having, you know, twins and triplets every single year. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. my, my question to you is, you know, why is the population so high, but the stereotype of the quality, quote unquote, quality buck real low? So the, from my you know, understanding, I'm, I'm 30 years old. So like I've been hunting um, since I was 12 bow hunting stuff, but talking to my relatives, father, grandpa, the best of my knowledge from back in the day, they always talk about this. You would see does everywhere, like farm country. My dad would t- tell me stories about you go out. Yep, I'm going to see a hundred deer today, and it was a big deal to see a buck that antlers on his head. And it was more so no one cared how big of a buck you shot for a long time. If they had antlers on its head and it was a buck, you accomplished something. So that mindset was, you know, when Michigan was at its peak for how many hunters we had here. That was the mindset everyone had. You went to deer camp, you did these things, and if you shot a buck, it was, you didn't matter if how big the buck was. It didn't matter if you shot a buck or not. So I think that was, you know, there was no shortage of deer, you know, but there was really shortage of bucks. And then, um, and I don't know, you know, I'm not, uh, don't, don't know exactly why that would be, but I just think there were so many hunters and they didn't do as many doe tags. I remember my grandpa told me a story. And, you know, he's in his 70s, and he said he and all of his buddies that he knew in the small town he grew up in, he was the one guy that got a doe tag back in the day. And that was like he was in the newspaper because that's how rare that was. And then they had deer in their, you know, their their egg fields every night eating their hay and, you know, stuff like that. So they were just like, these deer need to die. That was kind of their mindset. So, you know, that has been a lot of generations that passed down. You know, when I started hunting, it was it didn't matter if what it was. You saw a deer, you better shoot it if you got a tag for it. And, um, you know, that, just, that, that mindset is, is, is still here. It's, I think it's getting better every year, but it's still here. And that just takes time to, uh, you know, recover from that. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. With all that stuff you just said and with all the stuff that I just said, why does mm-hmm. it matter? It, it's, it seems like you have a very healthy population of deer to hunt, right? It seems like the mm-hmm. only, the only thing people are now starting to be concerned about is that there's no big bucks or unlike Correct. other States where let's say, um, I talked with some people in Maine. I've talked with some people in the Northeast who say, dude, I would love to see five deer in one year hunting mm-hmm. right they, they don't have the population like other states have so my question is what's the issue so you know we have you know I'm, I'm talking you know the entire state of michigan as a whole it's a pretty big state so there may be areas in the state of michigan that have lower deer density i just happen to be blessed not in those spots but i think the problem is that there's enough hunters and everyone you know Michigan still a lot of a lot of guys in Michigan know how to kill deer. Like it is, you know, they're they're they you know know the routes. They know where to set up. Killing a deer is not an issue. And to be honest, shooting a year and a half old or even a two and a half year old buck is you know pretty easy to do compared to some of the other age class deer. So I think just the matter of the amount of hunters to the amount of deer over all these years that it was just really tough for a buck to get, you know, the maturity, to get, you know, that three and a half, four and a half, five and a half years old. It, that doesn't mean it never happened. Like you go through, 
you can go through and talk to guys and you see pictures on social media of guys shooting bucks back in the day. And it's like, they were there. They just were not very common. And, um, yeah, so I guess for me, that's the one that makes sense to me. I know from my experience, you know, with running trail cameras on properties and stuff and it's getting better. It is definitely. So if it's me and my father were actually just talking about this, we have a couple of bucks on camera and some of the properties like, man, in a couple of years, these deer, if they make it, they're going to be pretty big. And then, you know, we go out of state and hunt every year. It's like, man, if we got some of these bucks that are, you know, four and a half, five and a half years old, we might not have to spend the money to go out of state because we got some nice bucks right here in Michigan. So it's getting better. It's just, it's, it's just not comparable to some of the other states that we've been to. Right. So, but what I mean is what's the issue, right? Um, when, when people sit and they start to complain about the, the, the antler size, or the age class of the male, it seems to mm-hmm. me like there's still plenty of hunting opportunity out there as far as the population is concerned. Now, I know that differs from, let's say, like the UP versus mm-hmm. the, the farm ground south where, you know, farm yeah. grounds where you're at in south of you or up in the northern mitten, you know. So, mm-hmm. so is it people just wanting big bucks or wanting to kill a buck that is like hard to change culturally or do people just don't shoot does? I, I think the, what we, the battle or the, um, the difference is you have a group of people that, you know, the typical scene, you can't eat the horns. So they're happy with shooting whatever. And they've been that way for a long time. And then you have the group of people that are like, man, I really want to shoot bigger deer. And they may not necessarily be hunting in a place or a spot that has the bigger deer. Um, So then you get the negative, oh, well, the negative connotation or whatever you want to say that, hey, they're just not here. You know, there's just no big bucks because it's, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I would think I've hunted and there's places in Michigan that's like, man, if I was in Illinois or I was in Missouri or I was somewhere else and I was hunting this spot, there'd be mature bucks here. Cause I've seen it. And just for some reason, it's just, they're not quite here yet in Michigan. And I don't really, I know a lot of guys, if you haven't, if you haven't experienced it, if you have been hunting for 20 years or you've been hunting for 10 years or whatever, and you have never seen a three and a half year old buck while you're out hunting, it's pretty easy to shoot the first two and a half year old that you see, or that's the biggest buck you've seen. So you're going to shoot them or I don't, you know, they just, I don't know. just still have the mentality, that cultural mentality. I got a buck. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I don't really know. I don't really know exactly what the, I think if there was an easy way to say, this is what it is, it'd be like, Oh, it's easy to switch it and change the culture, but it's just a progress. And it's slowly happened. Like the people, I, my, my small group of people I know throughout the state, you know, I've been making changes and there is, you know, there's a lot of cool social media pages and there's some nice bucks that have been getting shot in Michigan. And I, I have shot some nice bucks in Michigan and I've got pictures of nice bucks, you know, but it's taking time and it's just slowly getting better. Um, like I said, last five years is way better than the first 10, 12 years I hunted. Um, so yeah, I guess I don't, you know, from, a from amount of deer, from what we have for food and that kind of stuff in the area of stay hunt, there's no reason why we shouldn't have, you know, really nice bucks walking around. There just isn't that many of them right now. Okay. So you reached out to me on Instagram and you listened to another hunter uh, who was on the podcast from Michigan talk about mm-hmm. how Michigan is not as bad 
as everybody says it is. It is a, Uh you know, he hunts in a antler point restriction zone. And it sounds like, do you hunt in an antler point restriction zone as well? Yep, the, the, my grandpa actually owns some property in the Antler Point Restriction Zone that has been in the family for a long time. We go up there and hunt. Okay. Oh, yeah. So there's two little, there's two constants uh, in this quote-unquote argument or this disagreement that we're about to have because this guy made it sound like, dude, if you hunt really hard in Michigan, you're going to be able to find, you know, uh, a high-quality animal, blah, blah, blah. And you sent me a message going, wait a second. This person, I think, might have a skewed view on things. I would like to come on and chat about what it might be more, you know, realistic in Michigan. So talk to me a little bit about that. So the reason I brought that up was because I've, you know, I've been hunting in Michigan for 18 years and, you know, gun hunt also. And the last, about seven years ago, me and my father decided, hey, we're, you know, we're going to go this whole, try out different states. We'll just do it, you know, we're going to set, set set aside some time to, uh, you know, a week or five days, whatever it may be, and just try hunt some different states. Because we would put, you know, doing construction, when you're home, it's really easy to be busy and not have as much time for hunting. So we're kind of like, you know, let's, let's just enjoy, take a little vacation and do that. So I've been to, uh, I've hunted in Tennessee, I've hunted in Kentucky, Missouri, and Illinois. And I, the only reason I'm bringing up is because I've been there on, you know, five day hunts, places we've never been to before. Um, some places we've, you know, we've paid to go, you know, trespassing fee essentially, you know, no preset stands or anything like that. Just here you go, you can come hunt here. I have hunted a little bit of public ground. Um, and then also I have some family members I've hunted. And, Every time we've been to any of those places in the short amount of time there, we have seen more deer, no more bigger deer, and had opportunities to shoot deer in a very short window of time than I ever have in Michigan. And so for me, yeah, Michigan isn't as bad. He, you know, on the extreme side, Michigan's a terrible state. You know, there's no big bucks anywhere. You know, I don't agree with that. But I do, from my experiences, it's a lot harder to get on some of those deer. I, you know, I spend a lot of time every year, you know, I've got lots of different spots. I hunt private land. I've walked on public land and just finding a buck the size of the deer I see in one day of hunting or two days of hunting other states is, is a difficult thing. I go a whole year and not even lay eyes on some of these deer or I can hunt, you know, specific areas and get to learn them, you know, do all the things you're trying to do. And it's like set up right. And the buck comes by and it's, only a hundred inch buck and it's like man where are these bigger deer and it's like that's the challenge just finding one that's worth shooting is the hard part and being egg country you know it's really easy in the summertime to find bucks and bachelor groups of bucks and you're looking at them and it's like these are nice deer but they're you know they're not quite the same standards as some of the other deer i've seen while hunting in other states yeah so that was kind of my approach like yes michigan's getting better like Yes, every year we, you know, get more people that are willing to pass on the deer and get there. It's there, but it's also not, in my opinion, it's not close to some of the other states that I've been to. Yeah. From that regard. Right. So, But but what about Michigan specifically then? Obviously, right, uh, Iowa has 500,000 or more less hunters than Michigan, yeah. right? We have a ton of ground, uh, obviously a less, you know, we don't have Detroit. 
We don't have Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. We don't have uh, Grand Rapids. We don't have, you know, all these other big towns. Uh, our entire state uh, state is, for the most part, ag-focused. You know, the northwest part of the mm-hmm. state, northern part of the state is yep. a little bit more ag-focused than the southern, which has the draws, the fingers, the river systems, you know, where all the, the mm-hmm. mecca of the whitetail world is yep. concerned. So, therefore, just by those numbers alone, you're probably going to see uh, bigger numbers of, you know, a, a bigger buck quality just from less pressure and more available food, let's just say, right? So uh, that's the obvious answer. But when it comes to Michigan, what what do you what did you disagree with this other guy about what he said as far as, you know, the quality of deer is concerned? Um, the one thing that, you know, he was, he said, you go deep, you know, go deep into state land, you'll find one. They'll be there. Now, that isn't necessarily the case. And a lot of people, I'm sure, understand that, you know, just because you walk a mile from a road or two miles or whatever, there's going to be a big buck there. You know, that, you know, my experience, that hasn't been the case. Um, now, there can be pockets of them, but it's just hard to find those pockets. It's just, I don't know if it's, you know, in Michigan, especially the area I am, it's very common for people to own 20 acres here, 40 acres there, um, small, a lot of, in you know, small parcels that are owned all over. And, you know, I knock on a lot of doors around my area. I'm not afraid to ask for permission to hunt. And every time you knock on one, you you, you get permission and you might find an acre piece or 20 acre piece that no one hunts, but every property around it's got a guy hunting there and you know you drive around there's there's still you know there's not as many numbers of hunters as there used to be there's still a lot of people that are out chasing deer every year um so from my experience i don't think it's a terrain issue i don't think it's a food issue because i've been to some other states and i've seen you know similar things in michigan as they have out there um it's not a numbers issue because like i said it's very easy to see deer I think it's just a fact that a lot of people shoot deer and they will shoot the young deer. And I believe that I do believe that with hard work. And if you do put in the time and you do do a lot of searching and, you know, looking and thinking outside the box and putting into practice, a lot of things we hear of these other mobile hunters and all these things, you can find a nice buck in Michigan. It just isn't as easy as if I were to take five days in Michigan where I live and you said, hey, you got five days to go kill a nice buck. Would you take Michigan or would you take a state, you you know, Missouri or Illinois or some of these other states, a piece you've never been to, but you know it's a decent size area? I would, I honestly would take that every time just because my chances from my experience are just much better there. Um, and that would be on public ground too. I've walked some of the public stuff and the sign I see there and the tracks and the rubs and all, you know, et cetera. It's like, whoa, what is going on? Um, yeah, I think that's just, and that's just my, you know, my experience with that. Okay. All right. So it, it just keeps sounding to me like a cultural issue, right? Like yes. you have a, you have a scenario where a, a group of people who started hunting, let's just say 50 years ago, right? Let's just say if they're mm-hmm. in their sixties and seventies now, uh, they kind of, lived a life by the hunt camp mentality. Let's go. Let's have fun. Let's shoot whatever we have a tag for. It doesn't matter if the antlers are big. It doesn't matter if the Uh antlers are small. Uh, Let's just go out and shoot deer, period. Right? Would you you somewhat agree with that? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's the, like I was saying, that's the thing that was, you were, uh, if like, you shot a deer, congratulations, let's all celebrate, which I think that I'm not bashing on that. I think that's awesome. Like that's how it was back then. You know, you hear the stories of the deer camp days and stuff. And it's like, that's fantastic. So, okay. I, uh, and that's, yeah. that's the other thing. I just want to say for me, and I'm sure there's others in the state of Iowa who would disagree with me because we have a, a party hunt, you know, we can party hunt in Iowa. All right. We can mm-hmm. do the deer drives. We can, uh, you know, go shoot a ton of deer during the shotgun seasons. But when I, I don't feel, and I, and I'm a resident here and maybe it's because I've never really been in that environment. I mean, I've been part of a quote unquote hunt hunt camp during shotgun season for, I think it was three or four years where I got invited and I just, you know, I didn't connect with it per se, but it was Mm -hmm. there. And I know a lot of people have a tradition that they do every single year where they, they go to a farmhouse, they, they do their drives Mm -hmm. and they do all the, all that stuff. Whereas, Mm -hmm. but I still don't feel that hunting is what I would call like this, this deep tradition in Iowa, as far as, um, a tradition, like a tradition, I guess you could say, right. Where I look at Michigan and I look at Wisconsin from an outside view and I go, those are two States that have a really deep tradition in hunting. Mm-hmm. So yes, sir, I would agree. So Iowa, I guess I don't feel that like I feel it with other, other States or feel, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of my friends who bow hunt here or even shotgun hunt. They're doing it in very small groups. They're doing it by themselves and they don't, and a lot of that probably has to do with, with population and families mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's just, that's my 10,000 foot view of, <laughs> of the whole scenario, yes. but let's, and Go ahead. I'll go for it. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, when, you know, I always, you know, when someone says, oh, Michigan hunting's terrible and they, you know, hear the stereotypical things like you heard, it's so pressured, it's so this. Um, and my group of people that hunt and enjoy hunting, the way they hunt is completely different than the way, you know, I hunt. And I'm not trying to say that, that I'm better than them or just I've chose to do it a little differently because, I've kind of been bit by that bug of, I mean, I want to, I want to get the big deer. I want to try to, you know, find a bigger deer, older deer. You know, I'm not too concerned with score, but I just always, I'm very goal oriented. So it's like, all right, I've shot this big of a deer and I want to shoot next one, or I want to shoot an older one. So I do a lot of different things and I hunt a lot of different spots. Part of having that tradition culture in Michigan, there's a lot of people who will go and they'll sit the same spot that they've sat for 20 years or, you know, they're going to sit up on, you know, so-and-so shot a buck out of that tree, you know, seven years ago. So I'm going to sit there because maybe, you know, I'll get lucky instead of really digging into it and learning, you know, like you were kind of saying, being one of like, like hunter and going to find it. I think if more people, um, it, the percentage of people that I know that hunt that way is very limited in the, in the regards of people, like I don't own any property personally. So my resources are you know, public land or knock on door permission. I do have some of my family owns some property, but you know, the, so if my buddies heard me talking like this, they'd be like, man, you know, Nate, you've got, you've shot some awesome bucks. You've got pictures of all these sweet deer and stuff, you know, but I put in a lot of effort and a lot of work every year for that. And a lot of thought that goes into it. I don't just go walk out the door and say, I'm hunting today. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, it's, it's my one hobby. I don't, 
I don't really, you know, I hunting is one of my hobbies. I don't really have anything else. So yeah. a lot of time goes into that. Yeah. So. so let's talk about what is good about Michigan and what you really like about it. Because I'm getting, as everybody knows, I'm getting ready to come up there in, man, over, like I'm going to say like a month and 15 days, I'll be making my way to Michigan to hunt, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to bow hunt on some public ground or some ground around there. Uh, but, you know, convince me that, you know, what, what should I expect? What should I get excited for? What, what is there about Michigan that, uh, that, yeah, I guess that there is to get excited about. So what time, uh, what time of the month are you coming up? I think, let me, I'm going to pull up my uh, calendar real quick. And I'm just going to tell you, let's see, September, October. I think I will be in Michigan the second half, like the 14th through the 17th or something like that, 14th through the 18th. Okay. So if you, if people believe in the October lull, that is what I'll be hunting. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've actually had pretty good luck with seeing deer still during that time. Um, the leaves won't be quite changing yet, but I mean, Michigan there's a lot of real estate here and there's a lot of public land and places to hunt. But from a hunting perspective, I've had, you know, good luck. Uh, I'm trying to think how many, I'm not as scared to hunt that time of year, I guess. Um, if I, I, you know, usually we have a decent cold front come in or something around that first, you know, middle of October, there's a weather change almost every year. And man, every time I've either hunted right before that or right after that, I've seen some, you know, I've seen some deer and I've actually had some opportunity to some bucks too during that time. Um, now, you know, from where I hunt in Grand Rapids and then where I hunt up North, you know, towards Cadillac, McBain area, Michigan, um, Saki County, I guess would be the area. There is a, you know, there's a difference in between there. I've seen a lot a lot of deer and almost that point where I've seen some bucks kind of getting a little pre-rut going, um, in that time, you know, now not every year, but it works. I've seen, like I said, if I were you coming up here, I would not be scared to hunt that time because I think one, you're going to have as many people bow hunting. And another positive you're going to have, you hunt public ground is in Michigan guys can leave their stands up for the year. They don't take it down every time. I'm unsure if I was that way. You got to take your but stands down very, in Iowa. Yeah, you do every every day or can you leave it up over, over you can the yeah season? i think seven days before the season officially starts you can set them up yep and then yep. 30 so, you have to have them down by 30 days after the season starts okay so michigan's the same way or similar i'm not sure i've never left any of my stuff up on public but the nice thing is is that you will know where guys are hunting on the public land because they leave their stands there yeah and they'll have a lot of guys do so i've uh the little bit of public land hunting I've done, I've used that to my advantage and I've, uh, you know, I've found some spots where, you know, that I put a camera up and I'm just waiting for waiting. You know, there's been a couple of nice bucks that have been on my camera, but nothing I've been ready to chase. But once there's one that comes through, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be smiling because I've got a pretty good game plan set up. Yeah. So if I were you coming from, you know, not expectation wise, like, you know, if, if you come here and you see a deer that's around Pope and young, you better shoot the thing. Like that would just be my opinion. Cause unless you've got a secret connection somewhere on public ground, you <laughs> do that. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that guy, you know, guys shoot some nice bucks on public ground in Michigan, but I just, from being out of state or going there, you know, it, so that would be my expectation. And I wouldn't be afraid to look on your maps. And if you think, uh, 
I guess it's another thing too. I like about Michigan. A lot of times when you digital scouting and you're like looking at it and you're seeing the terrain and putting forth knowledge that you've learned. If you go there, usually they're there. Like usually if you've got a gut feeling about it, like they're there, there's deer there and there'll be bucks there. You'll see rubs or you might find a scrape on the typical spots. Um, it's just a matter of how big is that deer, I guess, is what I've found yeah. for that. So, you know, you with your experience and doing things that you've done, I feel like coming to Michigan, you can put those same principles and, you know, you'll you'll find some. And don't be afraid to look at spots close to the road. I've shot some of my nicer bucks pretty close to roads too. So Okay. So I had a guy tell me, he goes, because I had a conversation with the guys like, yeah, go in deep find find a really good spot and this guy i got a guy reach out to me on instagram and he says michigan has the public land there has been hunted for so long by so many people that they're when you think you've found this isolated honey hole (laughs) you have not found an isolated honey Uh hole because someone will be there or someone has been there in in the past or you know who was currently hunting that so don't don't think you're gonna find some kind of you know hidden gem anywhere oasis yeah what's your thoughts on that so i have experienced that um on a pretty big chunk of public ground one of my really close friends hunts it and his family been hunting for a long time and he would kind of struggled the first few years to uh, get on some deer. And I was like, hey, man, let's go scout it out. And uh, I walked it with him. And I, you know, this is before I had Onyx. I think I Google mapped it or Google Earth it or something. I was like, oh, man, look at this little spot here and there. He's like, yeah. He's like, no one I know has ever been back there. So we did an off-season walk back there. And, yep, there's a couple stands like, right around that area. I'm like, who comes way out here? He's like, he's like I've never seen him walk back here. So, but we did find stuff that was close to where he'd been hunting. And guess what? He shot his first buck the next year and it was a, it was an eight point, you know, so it can, it can happen. But yes, there are, there are areas of public ground in Michigan that look massive and you're like, there's gotta be a lot of deer. There's gotta be places to be, but some of those places have um, a lot of RV trails that go through it or four wheeler trails. Um, so it's kind of hard in my area to walk on a piece of ground that, people haven't already been, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's not that it's, it's not that, I guess I want to, I don't know how to say difficult. I guess it's not something that's like daunting, like, Oh man, if I'm going to walk there, that's going to be super difficult. It's like, you know, what? if you gotta, like, you want to do it, you can do it. And I think that kind of will do it. And they walk back there and they'll, you know, but then there's also spots where I've found on, you know, smaller pieces of public ground, you know, maybe like 80 acres or 60 acres, and you walk, you do like, you know, quick speed scout through it. And you're like, okay, people are hunting here and here and here. And then also you find this little corner. It's like, okay, I haven't found any tree stands. There's no tacks on the trees. And walking through and all of a sudden, whoop, you jump up a nice buck. And so it's like, you got the healthy population of deer. You can run into deer still on public ground. No, public ground. Okay. For that. Okay. So knowing what you know, let, let's say you were me. And knowing what you know about Michigan and assuming knowing what I know about how to hunt deer, 
what would you do if you were me? That was a very complicated, weird worded question. Yep. But if you were coming from Iowa to hunt Michigan without ever hunting Michigan before, but knowing what you know now about Michigan, yep. what would your strategy be? How would you approach this public ground that you've never been on before? Kind of walk me through that. So I guess I know like you hunt the Iowa, you hunt kind of an egg rich area, correct? Yeah. Like your home place. It's like, you have any it's a, it's a, like big woods. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big woods timber mix. So let's, I'll put it to you this way. Let's just say to the North of me is big woods to the South of me is mm-hmm. big ag. And then the farm yep. that I hunt is kind of the merging point of all those. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So if I were from what, okay. If I were you, I would probably either focus my attention. If you can find some, I don't know, Southern, like super Southern Michigan that well, but just from what I see on social media, some really nice bucks get shot on state land down there. But if I were you, I was coming during that time of the year. I would probably try to focus on the, you know, the, the antler point restriction zone and, you know, kind of that Northern Michigan area, that Northwest Michigan around there, you know, the, um, there's a lot of state land. It's kind of some hill country with some big woods and stuff. And there's some swamps and those kind of things. So similar to kind of where I hunt at my grandparents place, um, in Misaki County. And I feel like the, generic or the the areas that we've learned that hold bucks are pretty on point there and i've ran in some nice bucks and some guys shoot some nice deer in the area just from an aspect i'm trying to shoot a nice buck that's probably where i'd focus my attention and um it's not as populated up there so i think on if you come that you know that second week of october i think you might not have as much hunting pressure as you may possibly have down here southern michigan area but um that's what I would do. And then I would just look on my map and I would, you know, find where, you know, the access places are and you got your stand in your back and go in there and don't be afraid to get down and walk some more and tell you every time I've shot a nice buck and, you know, I've shot, I've shot a handful of them or found an area or got trail cam picks of bucks where I put it. It's obvious that there's a nice buck there. Like, it's like, okay, this is a spot. There's sign. It's like, the radar is going off like, okay, I got to be in here. I got to be in here. And the same goes when I ask knock on door permission for places, you know, a digital scout, it's like, man, I feel like there'd just be deer here, knock on the door, get permission, set a camera up. And sure enough, through the year, you got, there's a nice buck we're running through there. And then it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to kill him. But that's what I would do. That's what I would look forward to if I were you okay. was doing that. In Iowa. Back in the day, what's that? I said in Iowa. Okay. Back in the day, I could knock on a door, and I'm gonna say seven out of ten times I could get permission to hunt a farm. Okay. Mm-hmm. These days, that's all but gone away, right? It may be a little bit about where I live. It may be that uh, you know everybody starts to. I think some of it has to do with out of state guys owning land now and not letting the the locals hunt which has displaced the locals into more um you know to different places and and thus more most farms of in the area that i hunt have the uh have hunters on them right and and Mm -hmm. up, up where i live i live in a higher population and everybody has has that but i can still find some places to hunt knock on some doors get some access uh but you got to work for it 
Mm-hmm. What do you think my success rate would be from Iowa going up, knocking on some doors, maybe that surround public land or that look good on a map and just straight up say, hey, I'm going to be here for three days. Um, do you Would you mind if I could hunt your property? From, from my experience, you have, if it's not a farm, you got a pretty good luck of getting permission to hunt it. Um, most farms around this area, and I'm talking north of Grand Rapids, they have hunters on them already. And I know uh, southern Michigan has a lot of leasing and stuff that goes on too. However, if you find some of those properties that butt up the state land that are like that 10-acre, 20-acre piece that's got one house on that's wooded, um, I've had really good luck actually getting permission to hunt those. And I don't know if it's just from a fact that people are so used to, uh, you know, oh, there's a 200-acre farm, that's where the deer are, I need to ask permission to hunt there. And, you know, I still try some of those spots, but, I, you know, some of my good, better spots are right next to farmland. They're the 15 acres of property that someone's got a house on that butts right up to it. And, yeah, I there's some deer on there. Um, there's a piece of public ground that I hunt to pretty close to home that, I have my in-laws own some property right up next to it. I knocked on the neighbor's door, got permission to hunt some more. And I think it was seven or eight years ago, um, an old retired guy found a buck dead on the property and it was scored 171 inches. And it was literally dead within a few hundred yards of state land. Okay. So it can happen. But like if you're asking permission, yeah. I mean, if you find the state land and if it's not like a farm or, you know, I think you got a pretty good chance. And some of that, um, I kind of learned that because I've been, I like to run beagles and rabbit hunt. So in the off season, you know, when it's not deer season, you go knock on people's door. A, you're not as uh, no one's thinking you're going to deer hunt. You're like, Oh, what's this guy doing? And I say, Hey, you know, I'm looking to run my beagles, do a little rabbit hunting. And I was shocked at how many people said yes. And I wasn't looking for farms. I was looking for like little places with fence rows or, you know, some of these smaller properties just to run my dog around. So then I was like, man, this is awesome. So then I started doing that for whitetail hunting, and my success rate of getting permission increased dramatically by doing that. Instead of knocking on the big farmland or the, you know, bigger parcel piece, the smaller stuff I got permission for. Okay. So here's – I'm going to make an assumption now, and I, I'm i going to try to say this as sensitive but as only I know how to say it. It seems like – and I'm not going to say everybody because everybody bitches in some way, shape, or form. Hell, I bitch about <laughs> Iowa. You know, I live in Iowa. I, there's things I bitch about. Yep. But it seems to me that the people who are bitching about Michigan, it not being a good state and it sucks and there's no big bucks, are A, not as motivated, and that's my way of saying, you know, they're lazy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the other ones that they just they don't want to put the work in to go find them. Yep, is I that, agree. Is that think, is that a safe assumption? So, you, so think about it. You hunt in Iowa. You have you told me there's not as many hunters in Iowa, and you know people who bitch. Yeah, about how bad their hunting is. Now multiply that by however many more people we have hunting in Michigan, and how many more bitching are you, how much more bitching are you going to hear? Right. You know, because there's more of them. And from my experience, the people who I hear that complain about not seeing deer, big deer, and those kind of things, I know how they hunt. And it's like, well, if I hunted that way, then why would I expect to see any more than what they're seeing? 
You know, yeah. that's how I look at it. Yeah. And they think I'm crazy for carrying my, you know, my steps or my saddle or my tree stand on my back and my bow. You get up and you do that every morning and you take it down and hunt a different spot the next day or the next night. What are you doing? Just set a stand up. And it's like, that's just, I don't have success doing that. I got to bounce around. Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you, like, how do you do that? You know, they're just like flabbergasted by it. And that's not, that's not everyone, but that's a, the majority of them, you know? Yeah. So I would say your assumption is, uh, and you know, going back to the, what the, you know, the older gentleman that you had on said, you know, you just got to work for it and go back deep in state land and, and find one to an extent. He's, you know, he is right on that degree, but what I think the thing is for us, you know, what you qualify as a big deer in Iowa and what, we may qualify one in Michigan. I think they're just two different things. I think as long as your expectations, you know, correlate oh, yeah. to that or relate to that, I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my, this is a, this is a fun trip for me. This isn't mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to take this trip as serious as I, as I will when I, you know, dedicate my two weeks to go hunt my, mm-hmm. you know, my, my local, you know, use my Iowa tag per se, right? Yep. I have a high set of standards. There are deer that I know are in there. I want to try to mm-hmm. uh, connect with them. Now I am going to a different state that doesn't have the same caliber of deer as on it. I'm still going to work hard, but I am, I'm going to shoot whatever makes me happy at the time that deer is in front of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that could be a doe that could be a four corn. That could be a Pope and young, like you said, but I'm going to make every decision at the moment that that decision needs to be made. I'm not going into this hunt with any expectations. I mean, if it is, Mm -hmm. if it is the last day of the season, I'm going to shoot a doe. I'll probably, or the season, if it's the last day of that hunt before I have to head back, any deer that walks by me is going to get an arrow because my, my goal is to not only have a fun hunt, but I'd love to take some meat home with me as well. Yeah. See, now I'm kind of jealous about that because every time I've went out of state to hunt somewhere, I have the opposite mindset because I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm not going to shoot anything but a nice buck. So you have the pressures on, you know, you got to, all this is going on and now you get to come here and just kind of relax and enjoy it and do that. So I mean, I'm kind of excited for you. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And I, but also it would not surprise me one bit, Dan, if you find a buck and you shoot it and it's a decent buck. Like if, if you say, man, I just shot this nice buck, you know, 130 inch eight point or hundred and, you know, 45 inch 10 point or something crazy like that. I'd be like, Hey, it makes sense. The guy knows how to hunt. He yeah. put in the, you know, put in the work and made it happen. But then also I could see this picture of you with a, like you said, a, a spike or a four corner or whatever, a doe and be grinning year to year and it'll be awesome. Yeah. So, and yeah, so it's so pretty cool. My, What's weird is I don't know how I'm going to react because, you know, in the past, however many years, I don't know how many from, an, let's just, let's just go based off of antler score for right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an, a score of 145, 150 inch deer. Right. There's mm-hmm. in the past five years, I've passed deer of that caliber that have walked right yep. by my stand and I didn't even pick my bow up. Right. And I don't want to say I didn't get excited because every encounter like that is exciting, but I didn't like, it wasn't as exciting as a target deer showing up and me yep. like getting, getting fired up about that encounter. 
but I don't know how I'm going to react if that Pope and Young eight-pointer pops out in Michigan. Am I going to get as fired up about that deer as I would of a target deer in Iowa? You know what I mean? Like, is yeah, it, is, it, is my is my buck fever going to adjust for Michigan, if that makes sense? Okay. So, you know, in my years of bow hunting and deer hunting, I've only had 145-inch deer walk by me, and I killed them. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever had, that only time I've had one that big in bow range. You know, I've hunted, I've seen deer bigger, um, but they're out of bow range or too late at night, you know, come out in the egg field, too late at night, too far away, et cetera, you know, a list of things that may go wrong. Um, so I think just from a expectation, if you go on with the right expectation and you understand that it's like the guy that, you know, all gung ho, like I'm going to shoot 150 inch buck or I want to shoot a booner buck. And you sit, you hunt every day of the year and you put in the effort, you put in the practice, you put in the scouting. But if there's not that, you know, buck around to shoot, how are you going to kill him? So I think if your expectations, you know, go down that, Hey, you know, I at the core, we're hunters, you know, this is something you enjoy the, you know, able to, you know, harvest an animal to provide for your family enjoyment you know, be kind of, you know, that relaxation slash learn nature, all those things, whatever you want to encompass that in. I think deep down in your core as a hunter and a bow hunter or whatever it may be, you get the opportunity to shoot a deer and take that animal and you've, I think you're going to get jacked up. Yeah. I mean, that's why we do it. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's exactly why we do it. I, I, I went to other States and I've had 130 inch deer walk by me and it's like, I'm shaking uncontrollably, but I have to keep myself <laughs> from shooting it because I'm like, Hey, there's bigger deer around here. And sure enough, two or three days later, there's a bigger deer that walks by. So I think, I don't know. I think that's why I'm excited for you because I feel like you've got a very good understanding of what's going on. You're not oblivious to everything. And at the end of the day, you're a hunter and you're taking, you're going to harvest an animal or kill an animal. And you know what that takes. And, that's what we do. What we do for a reason, right? Right. You know all that rush and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And you know what? It might be you might have to let the first hundred inch deer walk by. And you're like, man, that thing wasn't really that big. I didn't get jacked up. But then a hundred ten inch deer walks by, and that might get you. Yeah. And then there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tell you what. Every conversation that I have about this hunt gets me a little bit more fired up. Whether it's a guy telling me Michigan is awesome, whether it's a guy telling me Michigan sucks, or whether it's a guy mm -hmm. that's like, hey man, it's not bad, but here's what, you know, gives me a little intel or inside or curbs yeah. my expectation one way or the other. And mm -hmm. regardless of what people say, it's still a brand new experience for me. And that mm -hmm. is what I'm getting excited for. I mean, if I yep. go to hunt a state, let's say like Vermont or Maine or New England state, mm -hmm. and that has a really low deer population, I would still get excited because it's something different. And that is what I'm getting jacked up for. And, uh, but what I will tell you is that I'm going to have ice in the cooler. So oh, something yeah. like challenge accepted. If I have it's like yeah. a challenge is accepted. <laughs> That's like, right. Hey, I, everyone's telling me this one thing. I want to see if I can do it right. and let's try it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, man, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking time, uh, out of your day to BS with me for a little bit and talk about these, these expectations of hunting Michigan, uh, for this mm -hmm. trip and, uh, kind of set the record straight from your own point of view. And, 
Uh, yep. Let me just say to you, man, good luck this upcoming season. Oh, man, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it looks like it's been a good year so far. I've got some nice bucks that I'm, uh, you know, have seen for a couple of years, and they're starting to get a little bigger. So I'm, I'm pretty jacked up. You know, October 1st is coming up, and, yeah, you'll – you'll see me in a tree early October. I'm not afraid of that. So. <laughs> Dude, and the cool thing about it is on a small hunt, like what I'm going on, I'm just going to be ultra aggressive right out of the gate. Dude, you got nothing to lose. Yeah, you absolutely. Got to lose. Which is crazy. Go walk around, find some hunt, you yeah. know, go find deer, go yeah. kill a deer. Like that's, that's what you're doing. <laughs> and you know, there's a, there's a, a group of people out there. Yeah. You know, I'm not, there are people with this mentality that it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It doesn't matter where they're at. They're going to be making aggressive moves every single hunt to Mm -hmm. put themselves in a spot to kill a deer. And that is going to be my mentality going into that. You know, I'm going to find a, I'm going to find a good uh, place on a map. I'm going to walk to it. uh, You know, whatever the wind direction is, if it's a good spot on a map, I'm going to find the access route to that place, given that wind direction, and I'm going to find a place to hunt it, find a way to hunt it yep. in, in any wind and uh, yep. go from there, man. So uh, I'm, I, I'm now sorry I'm to keep dragging you out, but when I started doing that in Michigan, I probably started doing that five years ago, five, six years ago, my success rate went through the roof. Yeah. I stopped being passive aggressive. I got mobile. Because I can't hunt, I, you know, I don't know what days I'm going to be able to hunt this year. So when I get an opportunity to hunt, I hunt. Yeah. And being mobile, you can, it doesn't matter what way the wind's coming from. Make an educated guess, got enough spots figured out, set up on the one side where you know you have an educated guess where the deer are coming, and hunt. Like, when I, what you just said, when I started doing that, and, you know, being aggressive, is when I had more success yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Well, man, I tell you oh. what, uh, like I said, good luck this upcoming season, and you got to keep me posted, whatever happens. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, depending on where I hunt in Michigan, if I'm north of Grand, you know, if I'm north of Grand Rapids, up in some public over there, I might, I might have to have you help me drag a deer out. Dude, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there with whatever you need help with. I'll be there. <laughs> Sounds so good, let man. Me know. <laughs> awesome, Dan. Have a good night. And that brings us to the end of another badass podcast, man. I really enjoyed this one. Huge shout out to Nate for taking time out of his day. Appreciate it. Huge time. Huge time. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day. Really appreciate it. Other than that, man, uh, make sure you guys go out and support the people who support this podcast. And that is... Vortex Optics, The Average Conservationist. They have some badass apparel. Lone Wolf Tree Stands, man. Make sure you guys are signing up for the um, uh, the giveaway. Wasp Broadheads. I just got a new pa- a couple of new packages in the mail. Excited to get those on my arrows. Uh, Ozonics. They came out with a new closet. It looks badass. Uh, Vortex Optics, The Average Conservationist. Uh, blah, 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 blah. We did it. We did it. We made it through another podcast. I am starting to get fired up for the upcoming season. I hope you are too. Good luck if you're hunting in September. Good luck if you're hunting in October. Good luck if you're heading out west. Good luck. Let's get it done. Woo!